We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Oh, hi. Welcome into the game plan on the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. Coming up on the show today, it's a very simple show. Because we have hoops tonight, because if you downloaded and listened to the refresher, we've talked quite a bit about women's basketball. We'll have the entire Bob Stoops press conference to preview spring football. And it's a doozy, too. It is a 40-minute presser. So that's coming up on the podcast a little bit later on today. A reminder, for those of you who subscribe through Soonersports.tv slash podcast, you can get every single piece of audio that we make available on the Sooner Radio Network by subscribing through iTunes. Simply search Sooner Radio Network, or you can go to SoundCloud and listen on your laptop or whatever listening device you have by just searching Sooner Radio Network. We try to make everything available to everybody. I love Sooner football, Sooner basketball, Sooner baseball, Sooner softball. You name it, we cover it. It's out there and available to you on the Sooner Sports Podcast. So, again, go to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. You can subscribe to just the shows like the game plan and the tailgate. Search iTunes, Sooner Radio Network, to get every piece of audio that we release. So, Bob Stoops' entire spring football press conference is coming up here in just a bit. A couple of quick notes. Now you might say, but Plank, you said that Toby was going to be joining you. What's going on? Why why are you ditching the voice of the Sooners? Well, if you haven't heard, they had quite the travel issue with the Sooner baseball team getting back from Atlanta after the ninth inning. They had a drop-dead time. Well, the, the inning starts when you have a drop-dead at travel time. The inning will still start if you have time before the drop-dead time. The Sooners started, had plenty of time, and then had a 30-minute 
top of the ninth inning. Tag that on to, obviously, it's not just five or six people. It's an entire team of players and staff. Atlanta traffic that they had to deal with on Sunday, the Sunday of spring break for a lot of people, and then a security line that wasn't moving very quickly. And 14 players and a couple of staff members the plane left him. And again, maybe we can preach a little bit more patience to the airlines and the travel industries, but a very frustrating return trip for the Sooner baseball team, which left 14 members behind. Now, they were busing back today. Toby was among those that did not make the original flight. So he rescheduled to travel out today. So Toby's actually in the air returning to Oklahoma City as we speak, as we tape this. So that's why. That's why the voice isn't on with us. And you know what? Uh, You'll take the travel adversity when you're coming back from wins a lot better than you would if you came back from losses. So the fact that the Sooners were able to sweep the weekend from Kennesaw State and continue to roll after they lost to Georgia Tech on Tuesday, uh, the Sooners have now won four straight games. I I think that makes things a little bit easier for Oklahoma Sooner Baseball, who continues to climb up the rankings. Now, they've got a big one coming up on Tuesday night against Oklahoma State. We'll have complete coverage of that game coming up and a recap, I should say, of that game and a preview of their weekend in, in Waco coming up on the tailgate, which will drop on Thursday. And then for me, we came close with Sooner Softball. Uh, we were about 30 minutes late leaving the LMU campus on Saturday, but still barely made our flights on time, we got lucky. So uh, the the security lines were very short. We caught a break at LAX on Saturday, but the Sooner softball team got back. We're going to spend Thursday's show. We've got a couple feelers out. CC Kaylee Clifton. I'm actually writing a piece on Kaylee, so I'm hoping to get a chance to talk to her on the Sooner Sports podcast coming up later this week, and uh, also maybe Coach Lombardi, maybe Coach Gasso. It's been a, a busy week for the Sooner softball team, and I, and I think a frustrating one, too. No one wanted to go on the road with those seven games and come back 4-3. and three. Everyone wanted to come back 7-0. and oh. No one wanted to lose back-to-back games for the first time since the start of last season. So, obviously, a lot that's uh, being worked through, but still a lot of promise and a lot of talent and a lot of potential with the Sooner softball team. They've got a big one on Friday night at home against Mississippi State. I'm Rita Hines Field at 6 o'clock. We have two games on Saturday at the ASA Hall of Fame Stadium, then back home on Sunday for one game against UAB at 11 a.m. Again, ticket information, game previews, everything is online right now at Soonersports.com, and we'll go all in on Sooner softball and baseball coming up on Thursday's tailgate. But right now on the game plan, Everybody loves spring football. The spring football game is right around the corner. We're only a couple of weeks away, so it's that special time of the year when we get our quick preview. And there's nothing quick about it today. It is fun. It is in-depth. It is thorough. This was Bob Stoops at his press conference earlier today previewing spring practice. Excited here to, uh, you know, to be finally getting into spring ball normally. We would have had four or five practices already before spring break, but... uh, uh, we decided to delay it a little bit this year until after spring break with so many new incoming guys. We're fortunate enough to have 11 new guys here on the roster, and we've nine you know, guys out of high school and two junior college guys that we felt would really do them a little, uh, little more good, just uh, more time in the weight room training you know, to be able to handle the physical part of uh, spring ball. And uh, so it really positive to have that many guys here so we're uh, anyway just excited to finally get 
uh, going here this week. We intend to practice uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday uh, to get things started. First two days will be uh, without pads, helmets, and, and shoes. Uh, but we have a lot of guys back. Um, however, you look at it on offense, eight or nine uh, guys back offensively and, and uh, starters for the most part. And uh, seven or eight, however you look at it, I look at it as eight with Matt Romar, who's been a starter and played as much as Jordan Wade starters back on defense. So we, we've got a lot of returning guys. Um, and, and again, feel like we've got a great young class uh, coming in, half of them here already, to add to this uh, to really hopefully, you know, give us a strong boost and, and to have a good football team. Um, uh, we've had a great, really good winter in the way the guys have trained and feel like we've gained more size, strength, and all that speed. Uh, I've been really positive that way and in, in, in the way the guys have worked. Um, so um, anyway, feel you know feel really good you know about the position uh, coming into uh, this week. Um, um, trying to think uh, anything else. Um, anyway, so I feel like we're in good shape. I I want to compliment. I, I that's what was on my mind. Uh, the last two senior classes were everybody's excited here. Our our project here, our stadium project's about to be complete here in about another month. Um, Probably towards the end of April, they're looking to move us in when our players or when our coaches leave to go recruiting to start to transition into our new offices. But to be the last two senior classes to 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 have worked out of trailers and makeshift trailers and locker rooms and meeting rooms and not you know every everybody's been so positive about it. I, I don't recall hearing a negative word. And here we've won two Big 12 championships, two top five finishes. Uh, in the last two years out of trailers. So, you know, I, I just want to let those guys know how much the program appreciates them, you know, for that sacrifice. Rather than being in a posh, great quarters, they, they were, you know, sacrificed and, you know, for the good of the, the coming teams to, uh, to work out of trailers. And we did it in a really positive, great way. And uh, so a lot of positives here moving forward. And we're just excited to get started, you know, here on the field tomorrow. How is Rodney Anderson recovering? Will he be limited at all in spring? We will intentionally limit Rodney. He has been perfect. He's uh, done all the conditioning, uh, team competitions that we have. You know, he's been really great in them, really looks strong and powerful and looks great. Uh, we'll intentionally limit him and keep a red shirt on him or a shirt, you know, the, a non-contact shirt. Uh, just to get further removed from it, um, I, I, I believe the way Scott Anderson put it, if we were going, going to play next week, he could play. But we figured, why, why not get another, you know, five, four, five, six months further from it, and uh, just to be sure. Um, but he's being evaluated today, and everything looks great uh, to this point. So. Uh, and Rod, again, Rodney looks really fast, strong. Has really done a great job with his work. Uh, do you have any players that, won't, because of injury, can't start spring or won't go? Yeah, the, the the obvious um, uh, Stephen, you know, after his shoulder surgery, he's progressing great. I didn't, maybe you didn't know, but Stephen had uh, some shoulder surgery to to repair elbow. Uh, also had some, uh, and and those guys will be held, uh, but they're they're progressing really well, and they'll be full go. You know, so once the summer's here, ready to go. Uh, Marcellus is. Uh, um, 
We'll see. He he has a stress fracture. There, we've repaired it. It's set, it's eight weeks now. I think we'll be cautious. It'll be one of those. Give him little by little to you know that he can handle and not overdo it. Uh, but he he'll be cleared. It'll be just to a degree that his his comfort. It sounds like Rodney's been able to develop physically in spite of the two season ending injuries. Is that something unique uh, you've seen with him? Yeah, he's a great worker, uh, really a positive guy that way. I mean, I, he really looks impressive uh, just watching him in our workouts. And, you know, we have some team competition stuff, and he's looked really, really good, you know, just fast and strong. And so, you know, hopefully he's due some, some good positive luck. And, again, we'll get him through this period. Uh, without contact and get him into the summer where he'll be ready to go. Does Marquise Brown really weigh 148 pounds? I think so. I, I'm not sure. Um, well, I don't really care. Um, you know, he may have gained a couple. He might be in the 150s now. But um, we won't ask him to kick out any linebackers, but we'll ask him to get behind a lot of people and he can really go. So. What about Kyler Murray? Stuff? I, I, I think Mark Clayton was about that too when he first got mm-hmm. here, but. Pardon me? About Kyler Murray's health. I know he's been limited on the baseball side. Recently. Yeah, last I saw Kyler before our uh, break, um, he had that strained hamstring. So um, I'll get updated today uh, on him, and you know for tomorrow. So we'll see. Um, you know we want to get that hamstring right. Um, I guess he's you know when he's been out there, he's done really well baseball wise. I was anxious. I was actually all set to go watch him, and he said he was hurt and wasn't going to play. So I have to wait, uh, but. So anyway, we uh, Coach Riley's worked really well with Coach Hughes on how we want to work the schedule. Um, for instance, if there's an important game, he needs to play baseball, and we might be practicing that day. We'll uh, we'll give him maybe twice as many reps the day before, and then the other guy's going to get twice as many while he's playing. That kind of thing. We'll, we'll you know Coach Riley will be up on that, and you know make sure he's getting the work he needs, but. Still want him to be able to, you know, to be a great baseball player as well. Bob, you've had guys that have played baseball before, but didn't seem like probably not like Kyler yeah. though. It, was this part of the deal when you recruited him? That no, no, it wasn't. Um, but I'm a firm believer in if uh, God's blessed a guy with talent to do something else, to go ahead and use that talent, and you know, as long as you're able to handle it academically, that's a big deal. And and, and, you know, and not take away from the, the player you want to be on the football field as well. So just monitoring that. And I, I think in the past, some of our guys, one way or the other, Cody, maybe it may have hurt him a little bit football-wise, but he, he's a real baseball player. Go do it. Other guys, Brandon Jones was maybe a real football player, not quite a real baseball player. So I, I believe you got to find that out, you know. Um, so... Uh, you know, Kyler will find that out, and we want to want to be able to, you know, still want to be able to be a great football player. That's that's our primary objective. But if he can do that as well, then you know, more power to him, and God bless him. Can any of you know? Kale did this a little bit when he was at OU. Did you talk to any other coaches about how to handle that? Or uh, well, you know, Kale did it. Uh, that's a long time ago. Spring ball was quite a bit different then too. You probably had 20 practices then, and. So no, I you know I, Coach, Coach Riley's done a good job really of, of primarily working with Coach Hughes and making sure it's going to be good you know good for both. Uh, can any of your nose tackles play any other spot? I know Slampkins at three fifty four. Can he move Devontae, out? Devontae, we've got Devontae listed at uh, four technique, three technique, 
wanted to play more, you know, four down this uh, this spring. So he's uh, Devontae will play definitely play three and nose both. So being three fifty four doesn't change that at all. He's not three fifty four. Yeah, that's not updated. He's okay. he's trimmed down to probably three thirty. So. Anything about your new guys, your new enrollees that's really impressed you or what you've been told about during winter workouts? Um, just incredibly impressed with the whole group. Um, not many in years past, maybe you get guys out of high school that come in and have a hard time handling the workload. But in a credit to all these high school programs and guys, the way they're training nowadays, they come in and they're, they're able to keep up for the most part. And um, we're cautious about it, especially in the first few weeks to make sure they're, you know, they're able to handle the workload, but been incredibly uh, uh, impressive as far as just body sizes, quickness, speed, those kind of things. It's uh, really a strong group. How big was it having Austin here last spring and will that help him this spring in just improving overall? Oh, it'll, it'll make a big difference. Um, you know, he's, we love the way he progressed even through the fall. Um, you know, he's really a good player, got a great arm. So he'll, this will be a big boost for him to have another, another spring under his belt. Devontae may even be 320. He, he's looked good running around. So, yeah, I don't know. Some of these, some of the, some of these aren't quite accurate. Bob, going back to the point you, you began with about your crediting the players for the attitude in terms of being relocated and, and moved out of their out of their their element, um, we've we've heard players in the last couple of years say that that even sort of unified them, brought them. It had something to do with some of the, the you know what I mean, the, may, the may, community of the of, of lead, you know, maybe enhanced leadership or something like that on behalf. Of yeah, maybe so. It's sometimes a little bit of even adversity. It's just kind of it's kind of like the. Uh, the eight, nine hours spent in the FBO before Kansas State or, you know, us being thrown together in a small little locker room and all just may have made the guys bump into each other a little bit more, converse a little bit more, whatever, um, concentrate a little more. Whatever it, it was, it's worked. Um, I'm not advocating staying in there now, but, uh, but overall it's been, it's, it's been as positive as it could be, you know, the way the guys have handled it, even the meeting rooms and um, – our nutrition area, the way we made, you know, Coach Tiffany made it work. So, anyhow, um, it may have helped them a little bit. When you faced that reality initially, did, was there any part of you that worried that it might have the other effect? Oh, absolutely. You, you're, you know, you're going into a, again a, a group of trailers for everything. You're training, you know, meaning where your your uh, medical staff works on your guys to meeting rooms, a defensive meeting room to. You know, uh, new team meeting rooms, the old dining hall. Um, you know, we put the old chairs back in it. it yeah, you, you, but you know what? I could tell after about, I don't know, two, three weeks operating in it, I said, hey, you know, this isn't all bad. And we made the most of it, even what our offices as coaches to function properly. Really worked out pretty good. Bob, as good as your offseason has been overall, Baker's arrest was obviously not good. What was your reaction to that and what has his reaction been from your perspective? Yeah, uh, very disappointed, um, you know, that Baker put himself in that situation. Um, as you know, it's it's still ongoing, so we won't determine anything until until it's been complete um, at all. He'll go out and practice tomorrow. Um, uh, so uh, anyway, his reaction, he's he's uh, he's very hurt that he put himself in that position as well. And, um, you know, so 
I'm, I'm sure it's 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 hurt him. It's embarrassed him, and and uh, but um, he he can he can overcome it, and uh, I'm sure he will. You know, as he moves forward. So as far as anything internal, you're, you're going to wait until? Sure, like we always do. Just wait until there's, it's been complete, um, every part of it. You, uh, he's, a, he's a, such a team leader. Uh, he's such a face of the program as well. Um, you said you're extremely disappointed. What was your reaction when you, when you first heard it? I mean, were you shocked or did you pick up? I, I don't go into all that. I, I've, I've said I was disappointed, you know, and, and uh, you know, so that's, that's it. Joe's gone. Samaje's gone. <laughs> Big chance for Abdul Adams to sort of make that leap. Have you seen a change in his confidence, demeanor, personality? Well, he's had a good winter, um, you know, uh, we'll see once we get on the field, that's a different story, you know, Abdul's a talented guy, and and so, uh, you know, to this point, he's had a good winter, you feel like he's stronger and faster than he was, you know, so we've got to get him out there and hopefully make some plays and, and uh, be a dynamic guy like we think he can. Well, he's had a great run of... of primetime receivers, headline receivers. What do you think of your current group of receivers? And I know you have a couple of other guys coming soon. So I like them. I, I, I do believe as the year went on, you saw more guys making plays. I, I, I equate it to, um, you know, like uh, Didi's junior year. No one anticipated what he would be his senior year. That's just natural progression. Other guys step up and are more capable of making plays and are more mature and and ready to make those plays. So I, I feel we've got guys that can do that. Um, you know, so just another year of on the field, another year of more maturity, strength, speed, and we've got quite a few guys, I, I believe, that'll, you know, that'll make more plays this year. Mark uh, Andrews it didn't really talk about it till the end of the year last year, but separating that shoulder, you know, kind of midway through the year, how much did that really affect kind of our perception of what he is, what he can mean to this offense. Oh, it, it, it was it was impactful. It, it hurt him. There are different times he'd even go up for a ball at practice, get his legs tangled, fall on it. Man, he'd be dragging that thing for the next hour, and you know, uh, you know, different ways they treated it to get ready for games, and um, so it, it was tough. Um, he he really did go through a lot with that and missed some practice because of it. But Mark's a big part of what we're doing, and, and will be a bigger part the more we go. He's a, you know, such a big, unusual target, and so talented, and ability to run and catch. Um, you know, so he'll he'll have he'll have a bigger role as we go, you know, forward. How big can Jeffrey Mead be carrying that momentum from last the end of last season into this year? Yeah, Jeffrey has had a again. I, I believe is a guy that's in a position to really make more more plays. Um, you know, you just. You know, just to continue to be more competitive. He has done that through the year. And I, I think he can make, take another step with it, um, you know, this year. I, I believe all those guys can. Uh, Jordan Smallwood uh, to, uh, you know, Dahu Green, um, A.D. Miller. Whoever, all those guys have a chance now. They've got more experience. I, I believe will start to step up more. Most of your best teams seem to have identified a, a quote-unquote go-to receiver, a, a clutch receiver, somebody that the quarterback can, can lean on. How important is that quality for your quarterbacks moving forward to find that guy if it, if it is important? Well, I, I, it's happened some, yes. Um, for instance, when Shep left, everyone wondered, well, who, 
who can be that guy, and obviously Didi answered that call. And I don't know that it has to be a guy, though. I, I believe if you have a really strong core of receivers, it can be different guys in different games. That's what I'm hopeful. Um, you know, as we go forward, different guys can, you know, we can have such a strong group that it doesn't matter which guy we're going to. Uh, I think that's the goal. And then sometimes a guy just emerges, you know, and we'll see if that happens, you know, with this group that somebody just sticks out, that they get behind people at a better rate than everybody else or can make somebody miss them and, and make that big play that we've had from really in the last few years, Sterling and Didi. Well, I'm talking about the veteran aspect, a lot of, a lot of people back, sort of a strange mix, though. You, you got your quarterback and offensive line, but your primary playmakers with the ball other than Baker, your stars are gone. Is that easier to find guys like that, that caliber, than redo an offensive line or find a quarterback? In other words, you've had pretty good luck at just finding guys that yeah, become I, really good players at those positions. I, it's probably fair to say, I don't want to say I wouldn't rather have those three guys back than to rebuild the O-line, but I think you have your, your equal challenges in that you have such big playability with those, those guys that sometimes the old line doesn't have to block anybody and they find a way to make a play. But to, to live the whole year with a young offensive line that's rebuilding, that, that, that can be, as we've seen, or a lot of teams have seen through the years, can be really challenging. So I think it's just challenging in different ways. But, um, but hopefully, as you said, it can be easier that we've got guys ready to step in and, and make those kind of plays. For instance, you know, Rodney Anderson or Abdul Adams or whoever that – you know, that offensive line is going to create some good holes that they're going to get through and they can make someone miss them once they're in the secondary to, to make it a bigger play, you know. But, uh, but you know, those, that experience up front, I believe, is, uh, is a big boost as well to have that many guys back, to have the whole offensive line back and Dimitri and Mark Andrews to go with it, to me, is a big plus uh, regardless of who's carrying the ball. What improvement can a guy like Eric Wren make this season with what he did last year? Uh, he can make a lot of improvement. Um, you know, I believe, you know, at this level, in, in the college level from year to year up to your senior year, these guys make, make a lot of strides. They get stronger. They're, they get, you know, more mature, more physical. Their understanding of the game, you know, is, is, is better, more experienced. So he should make a jump. You, are you looking to change up what you're doing defensively on the front, or you want to be more multiple going into next year? Well, we said we, we want to be more of a four-man front, uh, primarily, and and uh, you know, and then sprinkle a little bit of the fifty depending on the sets we're getting. We just feel we can get hopefully get uh, just a little more base pressure. What the more mo the more more teams are 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 playing with three wideouts. You know that we see primarily three and four that we hopefully can get more pressure uh, that way overall, and um, you know so that's the the thought of it. You know people go bigger and and want to be more run oriented. We will still stay you know have our fifty to you know to go to as well. But in the past we've been a little more fifty in some four man front. We kind of want to reverse that. Does that help a guy like Obo who is really a you know really natural pass rusher? Uh, yeah, um, it does. He's a he's a really a good stand up D end, um, so it can uh, definitely. Um, though we we did our best to rush him a lot anyway. But but yes, the fact that he can be, you know be in there, 
uh, ready to do that. I hope we can can help us get a little more pressure. Is that a pass rush? Is that an area where? You know, as, as much as we saw Caleb Kelly improve last year, he's even said that he thinks he could be a better pass rusher. Oh, yeah. He's, he's so young and inexperienced. He'll, he's, he's just going to continue to get better and better. And uh, definitely when you go to a nickel spot or something, if, if he's out of the game, which we don't want him out of the game much, then you also have to he'll, – he'll be in a position to rush as well. Get sometimes in your experience, can you get too multiple? Can you get too, uh, away from what you're good at, trying to be too much and do too much? I don't know about that. I mean, I I, I think anyone can. I, so to answer your question, yes, but I don't I don't feel that we have. But um, it's just in the end, what are you seeing the most of, and how teams are trying to play against you, and how can you you know maybe adjust what you're doing to be more effective with it, you know. Season Ricky DeBerry's moving inside linebacker. What, what's he had to do different in the offseason? Nothing. Uh, Offseason, nothing really. Um, get in you know, on his own and study a little bit of tape in there. But as far as your training, nothing's different. We're also going to look at Capri uh, in there as well. Um, you know, in in the uh, the Will linebacker spot also. So as far as they, those guys all train together outside, inside, and all they're lifting and running, and so really. To this point, not much uh, different, really. Uh, just you know, mentally getting ready for it. Help a football novice like me. When when everybody went spread, three, four, sometimes even five wide. That's when the, the three-man front became more in vogue in the league. Get more linebackers or safeties on the field that can run. You're going back the other way now. Is that because you're saying let's let's get to the quarterback more? Well, again, it, it, it's there. There's a place for that. And, and I'm not saying we won't still have that. Um, but in the end, just with some of the, the basic formations we see, uh, primary, primarily out of 11 sets um, and even some 10 sets, we, you know, depending on what they're trying to do, we, we just feel we got a chance to be more effective, um, you know, with the four-man front. But we're, you know, there's still a place, definitely, as you said, depending on – People are running a lot of the the wide sweeps and jet sweeps and motions and spreading you that you know to sometimes uh, you know to be in your 50 front you know benefits you but we just want you know there's just some areas we feel the four man front will give us more. How much of that decision is based just straight uh, strategy and how much is it personnel with what you have right now on campus? Um, it's mostly strategy because uh, we're we're fit to play. Um, really both ways. Um, our jacks, you know, everybody plays even in the NFL anymore. You, you see a lot of stand-up outside DNs, you know, and and uh, it's they don't have to line up over, you know, 280-pound tight ends. So, so it, it, you know, really we can play either way, I feel, just as well. With the, the wide spectrum of offenses you face throughout a season, like you're going to face Ohio State second week of the year, they'll – they kind of try to just beat the hell out of you for an hour, and then then you got to cover a team like Texas Tech. Is it really possible you can have a base defense considering what you face with all that? Well, yeah, I, I think your base defense has to be multiple. You've got to be able to play different ways overall. And and I, I think most people, you go through a year, have to do that. You know, most most teams in, in most leagues. Uh, so, um, anyway. 
News in this offseason that Coach Snyder is dealing with throat cancer. Have you had a chance to reach out to him? And I've seen him, I mean, places doing stuff like you would expect him almost to. But what was your reaction to that? Yeah, just, uh, you know, praying for Coach Snyder. And he knows I, I have sent him a note. And luckily, I spent, sent him a nice note of appreciation ahead of that, uh, not ahead of knowing that. Just someone had sent me something through the email about, you know, people that have helped you along the way. and. I just really recognized the break he gave me, you know, to, to not only, you know, go to Kansas State initially, but then to be a co-coordinator and the, and the faith he had in me. So I have, you know, reached out to him that way. Have I spoke with him? No, I figured I'd wait a little while and, and try and connect with them sometime when maybe everyone's not trying to reach him. But uh, thoughts and prayers are, are there with them and, and uh, He's a he's a determined, tough guy. I don't need to tell anybody that, so I'm sure he's he'll battle it in a in a positive way. Who sees candidates to take over in your return game? Uh, in our return game, um, gosh, I always say it. You know, all all the uh, the running backs for kickoff returns and uh, punt returns. Uh, Marcellus, I know uh, Sutton's been a really good return guy too. Uh, punt returns and. You know, all the wideouts will have catch and punts, so we'll we'll see. Did you see enough during practices, like with a guy like Michael Jones that played a little bit early and just seemed to was his head just kind of swimming as the season went along last year? No, Michael's going to be a really good player. Uh, that's a good point. You know, he's another guy that we feel has a lot of big play potential. Uh, the more he plays and experience that he gets, so um, I would no, I wouldn't say his head is swimming, but it just. Maybe not as accountable as you know, or reliable as we, you know, as Coach Riley wants him to be. But we really have a lot of faith in him and, and uh, love him as a player, and believe this can can be a year that he can really you know break out and be a be a big factor. He has that kind of ability. Bob, you have a little more contact now with guys throughout the week. So with eleven newcomers, yeah, what's your early impressions of some of those guys? That came really, a strong game? group. Um, you know, just all of them been great with classwork, been great. Their their their, you know, workouts. Um, uh, the linebacker groups as good as I've ever been around. Uh, of all these new guys coming in size range, you know, can run. Uh, physical guys, um, just happy with all of them. Um, you know, uh, again, just really a good group. Uh, Trey Sermon, in at 2.15? Yeah, fast. He's gotten stronger as he's been here, doing a really good job and, um, you know, athletic guy. So great. You know, all these guys, the fact that they're going to be here, you know, for these next 15 practices is a huge deal. You know, they'll, they'll all be ready to play. Uh, how big is this spring for Will Sunderland, Khalil Houghton, two guys that basically been waiting for their chance, and with yep. Bob Thomas gone and Parker Ranger, this big. is big. And they they are in a position they need to make a jump. I, I believe they will. Um, you know, especially you know uh, Stephen not going. You know, so you know Khalil will, will you know start off getting those strong safety snaps, um, and then uh, Will will be in the free safety spot. As you saw, Will, different times through the year going in at nickel, covers great. Um, you know, just has to be more accountable, you know, mentally with his mental assignments. More than anything, that's it. And uh, But I believe he's in a position to be that guy. He's incredibly athletic. Uh, but you've got to know, you know, you've got to be detailed in what you're doing. But, but I believe he's in a position to do that. Um, so there will be a lot of good um, 
uh, Chance Sylvie, Will Johnson, Prentice McKinney. We're going to have some good safety battle, really, through all of those guys, really. And uh, uh, Parnell Motley's come on at corner, too, to battle for, you know, for one of those spots. So, um, anyway, it, it'll be, it's going to be fun to watch them. And you've got continuity in the coaching staff. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think it, uh, there's a, the benefits are many, um, you know, not only just communication and everybody's on the same page right off the bat. I, I think as much as anything, the two ways I see it is your players and their comfort level and the way you communicate with them is, is still, it, it doesn't need to be renewed. It's already there, the trust, the dependability, the knowledge of each other. The other part, I think, more than anything, where it benefits you is recruiting. I, I think uh, that sometimes goes a little bit under the radar of when you have continuity with your staff, I believe your recruiting overall has a chance to be better and more consistent um, when, you know, when everybody's continued on the same page. I know you can't know when you might have a couple guys pursue other jobs. That's going to happen from time to time. But have you been able to identify when you have been able to retain guys, what it is? Have to like each other as a group? Do they have to like Norman? Are there some are there some common themes? <clears throat> oh, I, I think it's all of that. It's your working environment. It's what's your what's your other opportunity? What's your family situation? What's the direction of the university? You, uh, are you winning? Are you losing? And oh, you know, guys like to get out of those losing places real quick. So it's you know it's I think it's all encompassing. You know when you're when assistant coaches are looking to stay, leave, and what are your opportunities, like I said, as an individual, your growth, your family, your, your situation, what's, your, what's your, the outlook look like, where you're at, you know, and those kind of things, I think all add up. Bob, you've had some unusually large offensive linemen, I think like Duke, Phil Lodeholt and Duke Robinson. You kind of see like Orlando and Cody Ford fitting into that category, just oh, massive, definitely. massive human beings. Definitely, I don't, I don't know if if Orlando's quite as big as Big Phil, but he's close. And uh, yeah, Phil's probably maybe got an inch on him. But uh, anyway, though, those guys are right there, you know, and Big Cody as well. You know, that having him back is going to be a huge. He and Jonathan, we're going to have some depth in there to. You know, spell some guys a little more maybe, and uh, but Big Cody's a, another monster in there uh, with uh, uh, with Big Orlando. Tony and uh, Kenny signed massive contracts this offseason. Are, are you able to go to that in recruiting when? You oh sure. Have? I mean, I don't know that we have yet, but obviously you're pay attention to all of your players that are in the NFL and you, you wish them all and congratulations to them and you know always hoping for all their success and longevity you know so uh, but sure we are, we're always you know you know putting in front of you know recruits look at look at what guys that have played here are doing you know and how they've been developed and prepared for what they're doing and those guys are you know really doing well so, and they're not the only ones. There's quite a few yeah, guys. Those are the two latest that hit their second second contract with, with big. Yeah. Numbers. So, uh, how surprising is that to you, or how satisfying is that to you? It's not surprising, um, and it's very satisfying always when when our guys get their second and third contracts and can you know have some kind of longevity. 
you know, playing. Um, that's what they're all. It gives them a chance to, you know, to, you know, to, to certainly make a mark and and uh, take care of their families in a positive way. So it's always a great thing. Does it make it a challenge, maybe in any way, that Tony left early, wasn't drafted, and now he's getting the big money? It's hard to tell guys, you know, what. what no, that's work. no, uh, not at all. I'm I'm happy for Tony. It was right for him. It's not right for everybody. Uh, I think it's fair to say, look at the money they made the first three years and look at the money uh, some guys made their first three years when they stayed. Um, there's a lot of comparisons there. Um, look at some guys who never made it to a second contract uh, when they left early and, and were a late round draft pick. So there's, there's a lot of, so I'm not, there's a lot to compare. But um, they're in a pot, they're, they've, they've made it in a positive way and I'm, I'm happy for them, believe me. I, I'm, I pray, you know, that they all do, do you know, do well, and they, they're still your guys, and uh, and, they're, and they're they're good kids. So I'm glad they're doing they're good men now, but they're I'm glad they're doing well. You had you've brought in guys from California before that, or had guys from California, but that was you brought in those three guys really highly recruited, and Brennan, Kenny, and, and Tony. Those guys having success now, does that help you maybe more in California to continue that pipeline? I think so. I, I think those guys are, are aware. You know, they're, they're, those are, you know, some guys from California that have come out here and done really well, and we've had quite a few of them. So um, I, I don't think there's any question, that, you know, kids out there are aware of that uh, out in California. Taking a look at the roster, one name missing, Gabriel Campbell, is he? Yeah, Gabriel um, is not. Uh, going to compete anymore. I, I think some of it, uh, some of it overall was due to some, you know, concussion issues, and and it isn't going to play anymore. Bob, last year Daniel Brooks retired from football, and then he was out at pro day working out, trying to pursue the NFL. What are kind of your thoughts on on his path and his recovery from those concussions? I wish uh, Daniel the best. He's been a great young man in our program and, uh, you know, has helped us in every way he's been able, able to and, you know, running back to special teams in all kind of ways. So if that's if he wants to continue that path, then we, we of course, wish him the best. Brought up uh, Will Johnson a little bit ago. I think a lot of people expected him to be a big contributor for you last year. Was limited on injuries. Do you still expect him to be a big part of your secondary? Is he fully healthy? Uh, he is um, cleared to do everything. So uh, we're we're hopeful that you know that Will can continue to yeah to, to make an impact definitely. So um, but he'll he'll have every opportunity to do so, and he's done it before. So we 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 think he can. Mentioned him as a safety. Has he moved to safety? Well, he'll, he could still play nickel. Nickel and safety, or you know, Will Sunderland goes in at nickel and he plays safety. So to us, the nickel position is just another safety position. But he he also will play at strong safety um, as well with uh, Khalil there with Steven up. Bob, back to your your pro day. Uh, the AFCA and the NFL came up with a rule that under you know you could name five underclassmen that could work out at pro days. Is that a rule that needs some more massaging? Because I know yeah. there's some issues there with coaches, you know, being around players yeah, so working it, out. Exactly. So they did something to hopefully to give our guys a better chance of having a better evaluation of our juniors to, to you know for instance, right now, but if they're not measured and tested with speed and they're just going by what they see on tape and what they guess their size is out there as opposed to really knowing, as if that doesn't matter. You know, it, it matters in a, in a great way. 
but right now what they're doing is that you have to if we're there uh, we have to count it as a as a practice as one of our spring practices well, that isn't, so who's going to do that or for instance Kyler has worked with our receivers we're going to have Kyler throw the football to the to the uh, you know to our receivers during pro day well then that has to count as one of our practices so there, there's some parts of it, obviously, we're trying to do the right thing, but they haven't worked it out correctly yet. Uh, loyalty has become an issue around here recently. Uh, you, uh, this is your 19th spring practice, I think. Uh, when you got here, you said all the right things. You said I said them. You didn't think I, I believed them? Or? <laughs> Even much of what you guys said a long time ago. What? <laughs> but anyway. 19, well, I believe nothing of what I read, but go ahead. 19, but 19 years. Uh, clearly, whatever you said is good about OU at the time, you've proven that you meant it and all those things. You, I mean, do you, 19 years, you think you've proven your loyalty to this place? Hopefully. Uh, hopefully, I'm, um, it matters to me. Um, you know, I've, when I accepted the job, I meant what I said, that this is a job that you done the right way. You, you, you want to be the, you know, your, your whole career. Um, this is a special job. And, um, and uh, with a great tradition in history, with great fan base. Um, you know, how many, how many teams sell out for 19 straight years? You know, that... That doesn't happen, but a few places, you know. So, uh, you know, and I've and and I've been aware that, and I say it a lot, but it and it's true that I'm also loyal to my president and athletic director. That they've they're the guys that hired me, and um, and they have continued to support not just to support us, to continue to put us in a position to chase championships and to win them, you know just the last several years, the dorm project and now the stadium project, you know, to continue to, to push forward and to, to move the program forward shows also, you know, their loyalty to, to the program and wanting to continue to move it forward. So, you know, hopefully that's recognized because it, um, it's important to me. Um, I've never taken that lightly. I, um, I know when I accept, when I, I had an opportunity to leave Florida after my first year and, and with a couple of head coaching opportunities and felt I said no. Uh, part of the reason I felt uh, these guys brought me on, we won a national championship, now I'm going to leave. You know, good, you know, good for me. I felt I, I needed to be there longer, you know, and, and uh, sort of earn your, earn your stripes, earn your way, and uh, stayed a couple more years, fortunately, in Oklahoma then came, became an option. I think... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you've lived in Norman now longer than you lived in Youngstown. I have. Do you feel like an Oklahoman? No doubt. Uh, absolutely. My, I go home and I know no one can recognize my accent here, but I go home and they don't know where I'm from either. So uh, <laughs> I'm kind of crossed between Youngstown and Oklahoma. And and uh, but definitely, I left I left uh, Youngstown at 17 to go to Iowa. So so uh, I've been here longer than anywhere, no doubt. Did, some uh, kind of symmetry that I think it's you and Ferentz are my, the most continuous coach. I have them by a day. Yeah, that's You were kind of both up for the same thing at the time. Yeah. At, at Iowa. What, what does that mean that both of you now are seniors? Uh, I think a few things. Uh, Kirk's a great, great person, a loyal guy as well. I, I, 
I've always felt fortunate, and I, I would imagine Kirk does too, our background at Iowa with so many great people uh, from Hayden Fry through Coach Snyder, Coach Alvarez, all the way down. I, I believe we were, we were around a lot of very influential, great coaches and great people. And, uh, and I think, too, I think it's fair. I know uh, we both love where we're at. You know, also um, the the fan base, the you know the people you work with, the you know the area you you live in, and I think it's been really positive for Kirk as well. Bob, did uh, uh, Joe Kistinga Jr. approach you about uh, walking on as a fullback, and what's it been, what's it been like having him around the program for the last couple of years? It's been great. Uh, young uh, Joe Castiglione uh, Jr. has uh, been great for us as a student assistant. Uh, done a fabulous job. Um, really works hard and uh, been great on game day. He does a great job at practice. Even when he doesn't have to, he's up at night when we're after practice watching our correcting our practice tape. He's up there right in the middle of it. So he's been awesome. And he came to me after the bowl game and said he wanted to, he, he wanted to try playing. He wanted to be, be out there on, on the team and, and uh, participating. And I, I said, hey, hey, if that's what you want to do, more power to you. Go, we'll we'll support you and let him know how much we appreciated his hard work. He's been awesome for us, and uh, the team really uh, takes to him. He fits in, you know, great with the team, and he did with us on the staff. But anyway, he'll he'll be a he'll be a really positive member of the team. So, have you had anything like that happen in no, the past? I haven't. I haven't had a, a student coach come and then want to play. So Joe's. Joe's the first one in 19 years, but he'll he'll do well. He's he's done a great job going through the winter, handling it all. So um, so anyway, uh, we're we're glad he's still a part of us. Are you worried at all? His father's going to become a nuisance. <laughs> no, I'm not. I think uh, you know Joe, Mr. Castiglione is good with with us working with them in whatever capacity works works for young Joe. Great stuff, man. Coach, obviously heading into his ninth spring practice, which is inconceivable in today's college sports world, in today's college football. That's how special what Bob Stoops has built. Uh, that's how special, I guess I should say, it is what Bob Stoops has built here at the University of Oklahoma. So all kinds of stuff to get to on the tailgate coming up later this week. We'll have a recap from the OU trip to Seattle and hopefully a preview of a Sweet 16 matchup. Hey, we know this much. OU softball is already playing Mississippi State on Friday night. How about going ahead and getting Oklahoma basketball, the women's basketball team, a game against Mississippi State this week and just make it all Sooners v. Bulldogs. We'll uh, have complete coverage of that. We'll have Toby with his tails from the road. I'll be chatting with Kaylee Clifton. We'll preview softball. It is loaded later in the week, and everyone now has their football fix. What a start to this beautiful week on the Sooner Sports Podcast. So until Thursday, everyone have a great week. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. This is Chris Plank signing off and saying Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.